to our beautiful deep community, I want to assure you the deeper is going nowhere and the same incredible content will be released every week, but now through Arise. It is going to be less trauma heavy and more inspirational, uplifting, but it will still challenge and push you to grow. For all your deeper episodes, they are still available every fortnight. You can still get your deep hit with the deeper subscription. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. For me, it's sexy because when I'm receiving pain, I feel so fucking powerful. When you're receiving pain, Mm. you feel powerful. It's almost like flipping the script on like, you know, shit that's potentially been done to me in the past that's broken my boundaries. Welcome to The Deep. I'm Zoe Marshall. In my early 20s, a lot of traumatic things happened. And ever since then, I have had this fascination with people and their stories. This is The Deep. I acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I work and live and recognize their continuing connection to land, water, and community. I pay respect to elders past, present, and emerging. Today we discuss all things BDSM. And if you're like me, that might make your toes curl. But it's fascinating. And maybe we have more BDSM in us than we think. Everything you wanted to know about the kinky stuff others get up to in their bedrooms, and how people like us, you and me if you're beginners, can dabble a little in BDSM to spice up your life. Welcome, Syndra, to The Deep. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) You are a sexual and intimacy coach for solo people and couples. And today we are going to explore the interesting world of BDSM. Yeah, I can't wait to dive into all of this with you and uh, kind of break it down a little bit because I I feel like for a lot of people, they hear BDSM and they're like, oh my God, I've got to wear this latex outfit and this mask and I've got to get my whips and chains and do the whole Fifty Shades thing. Uh, So I want to break it down a little bit and make it perhaps more accessible for your listeners. Yeah, because my initial thing is I like pleasure. I don't like pain. I don't like bikini waxes. I don't (laughs) want to be pricked with like, you know, pokey sticky things or smacked on the bottom with a little paddle or have one of those gag balls in my mouth. It all just feels very unpleasant. And I know this is showing me as such a prude. I promise I'm kinky in other ways, (laughs) but I just feel like, what is it? Is it just for some people and not for others? Or do you feel like there's a spectrum that we can all dabble in? There's absolutely a spectrum and there can be so many little 
little parts of it that you can bring in and that, to be honest, most people are probably doing without even knowing it. For example, dominant and and submission play. Most of us in the bedroom are doing that to some extent. Most of us are either taking a leadership role in the bedroom or maybe we enjoy being more of a starfish (laughs) and, uh, and just kind of laying there and receiving. So most of us are actually already doing a little bit here and there without actually knowing it. It also seems like an investment financially because, you know, we see those like chairs with the straps for your mm-hmm. ankles and like all of these. And you also have to have the space in your home, like you're having a sex room. So <laughs> I guess it's kind of like we're discussing it's on a spectrum, but at the same time, like where would you even begin? Obviously there's a power play sexually going on always, but if you were like, I like Fifty Shades. I got a bit horny watching it, but I don't even know. Like, is it going to be laughable if I brought in a blindfold or handcuffs or because it because it does for some people as well that have had domestic violence or sexual violence towards them. It can also feel quite triggering. How do we? There's a lot of questions there, but how do we navigate through all of this slowly <laughs> and? I always say to to my clients, look around your home and see what you already have. You know, I'm into this stuff. I am an intimacy coach. I don't have a sex room. I have a tiny two-bedroom apartment um, and, you know, all the toys kind of just shoved in a specific cupboard. So there are ways and means that you can do this without having to change uh, your whole life and go on that sex room show. Uh, you know, a, a fork. Just a normal kitchen fork, for example, to trace that over someone's body and play with lightness, uh, to play with the heaviness, to even maybe gently drag that over someone's nipple, over someone's vulva. That is BDSM. Dragging a fork on your vulva is BDSM. Also, like, I mean, we just have to say, how odd would it be to, like, take the fork out of you know, the kitchen <laughs> drawer and be like, hey, babe, can you please drag this across my body, my nipples, my vulva? You know, it's a bit different. It is a bit different. And my my mission, I guess, is is to invite people to look at intimacy differently, is to be able to have these odd conversations potentially. For me, I guess they're not odd, but for other people, yes, where it's like, hey, you know, I want you to call me a slut in the bedroom Mm, mm. and I'm going to see how that feels for me and can you check in after you do that and I'll let you know if it was hot or not because in my head it was hot. However, uh, when, when it happens, maybe it won't be so hot. So, you know, being able to then have these conversations with your sexual partners it's challenging as fuck, yes. However, it, it opens up a whole new level of communication. It's a tricky thing, right, if you open Pandora's box and you're like, hey, call me a slut or do this thing to me or, you know, uh, role play with me and they don't feel comfortable, right, or um, they are really comfortable and you're not comfortable. Like it's a, it feel, and 
it's a really tricky thing, right? Because what you're doing is you're starting to explore something that is a little bit taboo and they might not be as ready or as um, researched or as they might not even know what that means for the actual dynamic. Like after I call you a slut or after I smack you or spank you or whatever, like, will you still love me? Will you feel, will it change the dynamic? It feels like sometimes if it's done in a way where both parties are a little bit uncertain, it could not fracture things, but there could be some aftermath of post-intimacy, post-coming, you know, (laughs) a little bit of like a shame hangover or a absolutely lead us. Yeah. So how do you also deal with that? Obviously, I would only ever recommend doing this with a partner that you trusted because, you know, it can be challenging. However, life is challenging and we're going to come up against, I guess, not this kind of stuff, but other things in our life that force us to have these conversations, that force us to have the vulnerability hangover, that force us maybe to face some of our old stories, patterns and beliefs. So by doing this, yes, you are opening yourself up to some hard shit. Like sometimes things not working, sometimes it being a bit awkward, sometimes, you know, not being on the same page about things. However, when you play in this space, when you start to open these conversations, when you start to deal with this stuff, the stuff outside of, of the bedroom, like who's going to put the bins out tonight and yeah. and you know, who's picking up the kids from school, blah, 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 blah. I always do it. That kind of stuff becomes the easy stuff. Wow. So what you're actually saying is it's a real opportunity to create flow and to create openness and more communication different elements of intimacy that will flow into your real life. Absolutely. Not real life, you know, the the monotony of life. (laughs) The rest of the boring shit, you know, like if I can have the conversation with like my partner about pouring hot wax all over my body and how that might feel for me and then having to kind of deal with that, the fallout of that after if I'm having an emotional response, then all of the other stuff becomes easy all of the other things that you normally argue about or that you normally have confrontation about tend to fall away because you're having this open expansive confronting experience together in the bedroom Mm. and it's like cool well we can have this conversation here so then let's take this out outside of the bedroom and now we can have better communication now we can have better understanding of each other because we've seen each other at our most vulnerable we've seen each other try new things and be uncomfortable and push our comfort zone so that then for me anyway my experience of this and I know many others as well translates into your life okay so let's like do a bit of role play Mm. you're going to be the partner that wants to try something I'm going to be the partner that doesn't or is not as aware of these worlds and let's just see where we go because I think that people are going to be like, okay, this is not going to go down well for me. So let's play. Mm -hmm. You come to me and tell me. Okay. Uh, Hey, babe, I have a desire uh, to be spanked in the bedroom and I'm curious to know if you would like to try that with me. 
So I'm just wondering, are we like in, are we like watching TV or are we in the bedroom about to have sex? No, we're definitely not in the bedroom because we don't want to be having okay. conversations. <laughs> okay, good, 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 good. Okay, so, um, oh, I'm not really up for violence against women. That feels a bit icky for me. I'm not sure if I could do that to you. What could you do with me? Maybe around impact or something a little bit more gentle. What are my options? I don't even know where to begin. What about if you held me down while you fucked me? How would that feel for you? Like it wasn't consent. What if I asked you for it and we agreed that it was consensual? How would that feel for you? A little bit better. And maybe if then during it, I I don't want to break the spell, but if I could check in with you to make sure you were still consenting and still comfortable would make me more comfortable. Absolutely. And this is a great point, Zoe, because you need to be checking in all the time when you do this stuff, all the time. That's the thing, yeah, because I, you know, I'm sure there's grey around this, especially when, you know, your early days and you haven't developed safe words or I'm sure in passionate moments things can overextend and, and go too far sometimes where people are then like, holy shit, I actually felt I wanted that, but then I felt uncomfortable. Mm. And then I guess that's really tricky, right? Because what if that uh, the person, me, that, that was like holding you down or whatever gets so caught in the moment that pushes a boundary, forgets to, do you know, forgets to check in or something and then it's on them that they made you feel uncomfortable. So there needs to be a real level of like consciousness here and there can't be like alcohol or drug taking, I think, during this either. Absolutely. You really need to be in your right mind. Yes, for sure, for sure. And remembering that if you are in a dominant and submissive situation, so for example, uh, if I had asked you to help hold me down uh, and I was being held down, I have the power. Ah, so that's a big part of this. Yes. So the caveat around spanking me, the caveat around tying me up, the caveat of the fork on the pussy, it's all in my power that if I'm letting you do this, I can as easily take it away in, a, in an instant. Yes. In any moment, I can say stop. In any moment, I can say my safe word. In any moment, I can say I need a break. At any moment, I can say that's too much. Uh, in any moment, I can say this session's finished for now. Just on that, though, I just think what has to be, like, front and centre of the conversation is awkwardness. Like, <laughs> Yes, sorry. Oh, my God. Can I tell you, can I share a situation with you? Please. So I'm super awkward. Yes, I'm an intimacy and pleasure coach. I'm still awkward as fuck. So I... You know, I'm a really big into kinks. However, generally I've been the submissive person in in relationships. Uh, and with my girlfriend, I, you know, kind of play both roles with her. So I was like, right, let's, you know, let's start to bring some of this shit in. Like I know that we both like it and we've kind of been skirting around it. So, so let's do it. So I laid out this off on the bed. I've got... My fork, I've got ice cubes, I've got, you know, my whip, I've got all these other things. 
Um, and I'm sitting there and I'm putting my, put my lingerie on and I'm kind of like, oh shit, I'm so nervous about this. Like, this is my girlfriend. Like, this is my lover, you know, this is <laughs> someone that I know so well. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so awkward. However, we created this environment to try this stuff. So there was no expectation for sex. There was no expectation even for like pleasure. We kind of created a container just to try it and to be awkward and to laugh and to continuously check in to discover what we both liked and as well to both be kind of trying on that dominant role. Mm. And it was so awkward, parts of it. Parts of it was so awkward uh, and parts of it was super hot and parts of it was super funny. And, you know, some of those things we probably won't do again and some of them we definitely will because we really, really enjoyed it. And that particular night did lead to intimacy. However, it doesn't have to. And I think knowing that all of that is totally okay and, you know, we're human so we can't be expected to like pick up a whip and be like, oh, I know exactly how to use this. Yeah, that's what for me is like, it's almost like a part of the whole conversation of like, can we just step into the awkwardness as well as the intimacy? Yeah. You know, versus we watch a Hollywood movie, Fifty Shades, and he's got it all together and he's had 10 years experience and she's just this, you know, little wallflower and and we're just like, holy shit, we're all horny. It just, and porn as well in this way is it's not helping the actual, and, and porn can be really helpful, but I just mean in this world where you're overextending into a new part it feels like shame could easily come up and judgment and could just give everyone a limp dick, you know, like really quickly. It could just ruin it all. Mm, Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's having that conversation. It's having the conversation about expectations. It's having the conversation about what happens if we don't like it. It's having the conversations about, okay, this is going to feel kind of clumsy maybe for the first five times that we try it. However, we're going to read books, we're going to listen to podcasts, we're going to look up online and we're going to learn more about it so that we can kind of show up and be a little bit more, you know, experienced. And knowing that it doesn't have to be perfect, like you mentioned, Zoe, porn you know, is, I guess, okay in some situations. However, when we look at that and compare ourselves to that, that's the issue. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So let's just say we explore a little bit with a with some forks and with uh, spanking and we just don't like it, right? We just don't feel comfortable. We don't like it. And our partner is really getting off on it and post- intimate moment you bring it up do you feel like that can also be a trigger of like holy shit my partner likes this thing I don't like how am I going to fulfill their needs um because you are opening a can of worms like you don't know how this is going to play out what is a way like how do you move forward with this if this is like their thing now I mean there is a lot of ways that you can move forward if if one person does really really want to pursue it and the other one doesn't there is a lot of kink uh and bdsm play parties uh 
I even live in Newcastle and there's some up here. So I'm sure most areas would, would have them uh, where you can go and, you know, that potentially that, that one partner or both can go and one of them might be happy to watch their partner, you know, get spanked or watch their partner get tied up. Um, maybe that's a turn on for them, seeing their partner get turned on by, by doing that stuff. That is an option. Uh, the option is maybe they just satisfy their curiosity with themselves. So they could learn to tie themselves up. They could learn to even use nipple clamps and, uh, you know, cock rings and things like that to be able to satisfy that specific kink for themselves. The third one, I guess, depending on their relationship is they could, if they had an open relationship or did open, maybe they could open just for that person to be able to explore outside of the relationship to get those needs met. What then happens if that partner doesn't want to do an open type exploration? Like, have you seen a negative impact of this before? Honestly, not personally. In my experience, you know, of, co- of coaching couples and women, I've never seen a negative experience of this. Generally, Uh one person will be really, really into something and the other person will be like, look, that's on a massive turn on for me. However, I want to help you satisfy that need. So I might, you know, maybe find a compromise with something that I'm comfortable with and that that fulfills it for them. So maybe you can switch it around and, and maybe you could spank them instead or maybe you can degrade them instead and maybe it doesn't feel like super hot and super turn on for you however it's helping them get that kind of need met for themselves i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Can we talk about the pleasure pain dynamic? And, you know, people like me are like, oh, don't hurt me. But, like, how can it be sexy for me, it's sexy because when I'm receiving pain, I feel so fucking powerful. When you're receiving pain, mm. you feel powerful. What Can you explain that? And again, you know, as a, as a submissive, you have all of the power. Uh, so when I'm receiving pain, I feel like, hell yeah, this is my, you know, this is what turns me on. And I'm sitting here and I'm pushing myself past what feels comfortable and I can do it. And my body can, you know, tell me when it's, when it's time. However, for, for this moment, I'm, it's almost like flipping the, flipping the script on like, you know, shit that's potentially been done to me in the past that's broken my boundaries and ah, like a reclaiming of self, like yes. on my terms. Yes. Interesting. And what does that pain look like for you? Could it be anything that just brings up pain, like anything at all, or is it something specific for you? I like impact play. So that's being spanked or hit. Uh, That's a real turn on for me. 
I like being held down, things like that, uh, rough sex, depending on where I'm in my cycle. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not, not so much pinchy or like sharp pain, more like that thuddy kind of impact play pain. I also really like being degraded. So on that powerful thing, when someone calls me a slut or like a whore in the bedroom, I never feel as empowered as I do in that moment. That's a really interesting thing, right? And and now I want to move to like people that have, because, you know, we deal with a lot of trauma on this podcast, but people that have trauma and sexual trauma and, you know, what I've seen play out a lot is when there is sexual abuse, it does play into, you know, healthy, safe, intimate relationships, you know, like it kind of does come full circle and these people like these things, but it sometimes not in a healthy way. Um, sometimes just replaying old trauma or, or, or slipping back into kind of a habit. How would you, this is complex, but how would you suggest navigating that if someone like to be called a slut, love to be slapped or held or, or, um, restricted through sex or, or, or seeming like forced sex and these things, how would they firstly be able to tell the difference and secondly, how to empower them to move forward through this? Yeah. Cause there would be something uh, I'm sure cathartic and healing potentially as well. So very much so. Yeah. Could you help me with that? Yeah, it can be very, very healing uh, for people that have been through sexual trauma. And I I say this with a grain of salt because I am assuming that these people have done some work on that trauma, Mm -hmm. that that Mm -hmm. is not just fresh, sitting there, never been touched, and I'm going to work on it first through BDSM. I don't think Mm. that is um, the best idea. However, if you are working with someone or you have worked with someone um, mentally on that trauma, then, yes, it can be an absolute really beautiful way to start to reclaim that space, to start to reclaim your power, to be able to hold that power and set your boundaries and to be able to be firm with that is really, really good practice and can be very, very, very healing. You know, even BDSM in terms of moving through emotions, like if I am feeling like I need to cry or feeling really angry, then, you know, in the past I have asked partners to hit me or to call me, uh, certain things or to hold me down because it allows me to move through that emotion and to move to that emotion so I can let it go through my body. Shit. That's asking a lot of your partner though, isn't it? Like that's pretty hectic. Yeah. They need to be very aware of that kind of trauma work as well. Absolutely. And I think just like we spoke about at the start, that constant communication and checking in because that is going to be the most important in the most important thing of them all is to continuously check in. BDSM can be really a really big somatic release because when you are practicing BDSM, you are forced to be present. You cannot be not present. You have to be in the moment. You cannot be anywhere else. You cannot be dissociated. 
you cannot be thinking about anything else. You have to have your mind and your body. So for a lot of people who do dissociate, and potentially that is from trauma, it's a wonderful practice for them to be in their bodies whilst receiving, to be in their bodies whilst giving. And maybe that's even just the fork thing. Maybe they start with that and they practice, okay, what does that feel like? What am I experiencing? When is a good time for me to say stop? When is a good time for me to say keep going? And to start to rebuild that power and trust in their own bodies, like, mm. holy shit, that is that is just everything. It does sound powerful. It also sounds like it needs to be worked through with, like, a therapist, like, simultaneously, you know? Absolutely. Or yes. prior. Okay, yes. so now we're getting to the part of bringing these things in seeing pain as something that can be empowering is it dangerous like how you know what I mean if you're dealing with like wax and you're dealing with vaginas or penises and do you know what I mean and you're not well versed in this like should there be a bit of research prior to like pouring hot wax on genitals and things do you know what I mean <laughs> like yes, that I do, know, I do know exactly what you mean and yes people need to research this stuff it's like I talk to a lot of women who have experienced just being randomly choked. And it's like, hey, bro, um, yeah. I didn't like consent for you to choke me. And also you have no idea what you're doing. Yes. That's why I feel like this is such an important conversation because BDSM, the reason why it's sexy and, and it turns people on is because there's an element of danger, right? Mm. And there's an element of... Um, pushing the boundaries and doing all of that stuff. I think when we cross over to a place where there is no consent, it's a different conversation. So let's just keep it on track for like BDSM safe play. Totally. If we're now exploring this in the home and we've got the fork, what else What else are some other, can you give us some ideas? Because everyone's like, okay, fork sounds kinky. Give me some <laughs> more household items. Yeah, of course. So just going back to what you said, yes, absolutely, please do your research. For example, when I talk about wax, I'm not talking about just getting your, like, nice scented candle from the lounge room and pouring that kind of wax all over each other. Because That's what I'm it. thinking. Okay, so that's <laughs> like, a, so is there a special wax? Yeah. Okie dokes. So you, can, so you can get uh, special candles from your local sex store or online supplier that are specifically for wax play so they don't heat up as much as normal candles. So when you do drip the wax on, it is hot, but it's not burning. So yes. that is 100% a recommendation. And going back to the choking thing, a lot of people do like breath play, uh, you know, and there's you can easily Google where to actually put your hands if you do want to practice that. And... I always suggest to people, you could just gently put your hands over someone's throat without actually choking them. And maybe that's enough. This stuff yeah. doesn't have to be triple X rated, uh, you know, kink play. Got it. It could be as easy as like putting a, like, so instead of like um, gagging somebody, it could mm. be putting one finger up to their mouth. 
you know, like a a hushing, like a shushing. Mm -hmm. So it could be um, putting a pillow, just not even pushing it down, just putting a pillow on someone's head whilst you're fucking them. Like you don't have to block their breath out. It could just be cutting Mm -hmm. out their their sight with, with a pillow. And then, you know, if they like it, then sure, you can you can move on from there. But that, that could be a nice entry level for someone. It could be um, just holding one of their hands down, not even two hands, not even using handcuffs, just holding their hand down and not, not yes. let them touch you. That could be something fun to play with. Okay. So we open with a dialogue. We, we start with some baby steps. We keep touching base on how is everyone feeling with consent and how far they want to go. Where else do you think that this can be? Can this be like, or do you bring it into like other monotonous parts of the day, like as a kind of foreplay to lead up to things? Yeah, you definitely could, you know. Uh, you might like to get your partner to dom you to do something around the house or to do something that you've been putting off, like a work report or sending an email or making a phone call. You know, maybe you're like, um, hey, babe, time to make that phone call or else, you know, I'm going to take you into the bedroom and I'm going to give you a little spank. So get on that phone call, that kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like you can get that kind of dom sub scenario just with that if you want to help to kind of get motivated. You can do it to yourself. Uh, You can dom yourself. You can dom like your partner or they can dom you and you can practice going back and forth to get stuff done. Sometimes that's really great to play those roles. Uh, You can cheekily do it around the house. You know, if you do have consent, it doesn't have to be a full sexual thing like maybe they're like I want you to wear your yoni egg around the house while you do that while you do the chores that mm, could be really okay filming you to do that to pop your yoni egg in while you do the chores and they're thinking about that yoni egg inside of you and they've told you to put it in there that can be kind of hard if anyone's like what's a yoni egg do you want to explain yeah yeah it's it's a it's a crystal egg that you put inside your vulva uh, and it's you know, good for building your Kegel muscles as well as increasing sensation and awareness into that space. So that could be okay. a nice little thing or a butt plug, for example. Can I ask then how far have you gone with your experience of this? I've gone as far as um, with my ex, uh, we were doing like demonstrations. So I was a sub essentially and he would tie me up so doing shibari which is like the art of rope bondage oh yeah it's quite it's quite beautiful actually yeah yeah it is beautiful so um we he tied me up and then he poured hot wax on me and whipped me whip actually broke that that one time uh in front of an audience so that's kind of taking it to the nth degree obviously not everyone has to do that did you feel still in control and comfortable or were you against an edge? It was definitely edgy for me uh, because we had done one other performance before that. However, you know, mostly it was in the bedroom uh, and no one was watching. So that was a huge edge for me. However, I absolutely did and was 100% in control. I was blindfolded. However, 
at one point I was like, yep, you need to like ease up a little bit. Or I was like, yep, no more now. So I was absolutely in control. And that part everyone said was one of the hottest aspects of that scene. That's like what you call like a BDSM kind of scene that plays out. Uh, They said one of the hottest parts was when I said stop. Uh, but well, that also tells me a lot about what it's about. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it tells me it's about that borderline consent thing and people being like, oh, she's there. She, she can't handle it anymore, which I guess is yeah. a big element of the BDSM thing, right? Is mm-hmm. I guess sometimes the climax is around the safe word is around all of that stuff is around taking people to their edges. And that is why there needs to be this conversation in this podcast. So people understand we're not going in blindly here going like, you know, we don't want to fracture relationships through something that can be something that can be really special. Anything you feel like we've missed? I feel like as well as the hard, heavy stuff, there can be soft play and teasing play that we probably haven't talked about only because yeah. I don't know much yet. <laughs> can we so talk about that? I love that. And I absolutely. think that's something that absolutely. I do enjoy. I like the tease. So let's talk about that. So you could get a feather. You could get something really soft, like a scarf. Uh, you could use that to tickle and and tease over someone's entire body. And then imagine add to that if they were blindfolded. You know, that's, that's BDSM, that's kinky. Like they've got a blindfold on and you've got a scarf, you've got a feather and anything else that, you, that might be super tickly and you're like, you know, tracing their entire body with the scarf and maybe just flicking it over their genitals and their nipples and playing with that. You could use ice. Um, some people really like kind of cold, cold stuff. You could use mm-hmm. ice, put it in your mouth and run that over their whole body. Uh, you could put ice in your mouth while you're going down on someone. That That is BDSM. Uh, that is kink. Is you could- it? Okay. Mm-hmm. So even like I think the millennials call it edging or maybe everyone does and I'm just new. But is edging when, excuse my French, everyone, when the penis or the finger or whatever is on the edge of the vulva entry and doesn't penetrate or am I just making things up? <laughs> so edging is when you build up to an orgasm, however you don't quite get there, and then you let it build back down and then you go back up again and you go back down again. Oh, my That's God, it. so cute of me. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay that is zoe's uh version of edging too your version sounds a lot more fun um okay (laughs) that sounds awesome is that yeah or is that just a different kind of kink well i was gonna say orgasm denial is part of bdsm so you can and this is actually great for people who uh sometimes maybe come a little bit too quickly you can get them to tell you, so just say an orgasm is a one, uh, orgasm is 10 and one's like just beginning to get aroused. You could say to them, tell me when you're out of five. And so they tell you, and then you just stop. And maybe you just hold their genitals. Maybe you just kiss them for a moment and pull out and pull away. And then you start again and you're like, okay, let me know when you're out of six. 
and they get to a six and you're like, cool, going to stop. That can be pretty shaky. And that is called orgasm denial. If you kind of just get them to edge and don't actually allow them to come. Oh my God, obsessed. I love that. Look at me. Started out frigid, not BDSM girl. All of a sudden I've always been BDSM girl. Hilarious. Absolutely. That's what I said. I think that's at the start, you know, we all probably do these little things or we're interested in doing them. However, we think that it's all whips and chains, but it's definitely not. There's so many ways you can explore it. So interesting. Okay. Um, so we've done edging, teasing. What was the other thing you said? Just soft things or soft cold, things. like ice. Okay. So what would soft be? Soft, soft things. Like you could hit someone with a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> Like a pillow fight. Yeah, like a pillow fight. But maybe that's the kind of impact they like. Maybe. It's so funny because it's almost like um, anything and everything could be BDSM. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, 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 I've got you. Absolutely. We we kind of put on this pedestal and say, oh, only people that, you know, only people that like being gagged and, you know, bit roasted or something like BDSM. However, it's it can be all shades, like all shades. There can be the smallest little thing, you know, um, sitting on someone's face. I mean, essentially that's your dominant. Who doesn't love that? Okay, exactly. Got it. Who doesn't love that? So even like a 69 is almost that. Yeah. I mean, if you're on the bottom and you're kind of almost getting held down by the person on top, that's a little bit of dom and sub play. So it can be the smaller shifts and just these small little things that you start to bring into your intimacy that make it exciting and connective mm. and expansive all over again, kind of like when you were first exploring someone's body. This is yeah. like let's take it to the next level. Let's start to build this out a little bit. This has been so wonderful. I actually feel like I'm going to have to get you on to do a Q&A once this goes live where people are like, okay, I have 10,000 BDSM questions. Zoe didn't yes. even t- talk about this because it's such <laughs> a huge, dense topic, isn't it? Like it's really dense. This is our gentle entry point, but <laughs> you have been wonderfully insightful. I would love to talk to you again if you're happy with that. And we'll leave your details for anyone that wants to explore one-on-one with you they can do that in their own time. We'll put all of your links. Um, and thank you so much. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Zoe. It's my absolute pleasure. I had a ball. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Deep. If it's left you with any burning questions for me or our guests, please hit us up by direct message on Instagram at What's The Deep. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, everybody. It is Zoe here. Change is coming to the deep. I want to welcome you to Arise. It's uplifting. It's quirky. It's curious. It's all about the mindset and self-discovery to be more helpful and of service. During 16 of the Deep, you will hear some of these episodes and I'd love to hear what you think of them over on our Instagram at What's the Deep.